0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers, business owners, people just like you who want to know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2018, the conference that you've been on the fence about, but now you need to decide to go. I'm super excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Jenna Kutcher, and we're going to explore how to create an amazing personal brand using photographs on Instagram and other social networks. Plus, we're going to explore awesome photography tips that you can do with just your smartphone. By the way, if you want to reach me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And don't forget, I got another podcast every week, Sunday night. It's called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, where I break down all the news that happens in the world of social media. All right, let's move on to this week's brand new discovery.
0: Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool keyboard tool for both iOS and Android called SwiftKey.
1: SwiftKey. Okay, so this is a mobile keyboard.
0: Yes, this is one of those keyboards that you download and then you make it as one of your rotating keyboards that you can use on your mobile device. Uh, It also works on iPads too. So what does it do? So, this does a lot of really cool things. So, I'm going to try and hit all the high notes here. So, one, it does that auto correct feature where it suggests words to you based on what you're typing, but it takes it one step further and it can predict emoji. Really? Yeah. So if you're so, putting,
1: if you're putting some sort of sentence that it, it can it can predict what the emoji would be for the next word that you would put in, is that what I hear you saying?
0: Yeah. So one of the examples that they give is they're typing, "Hey, let's go out and get some pizza," and then pe- the pizza emoji is one of the emojis that is suggested right below.
1: And presumably, it's uh, before you've typed in the word pizza.
0: No, you've already typed it in.
1: Well, I can tell you that Apple already does that when you're texting people. Now, I don't know if that's the case. And in, in, I guess the good news about this keyboard is this: this could be used not just when you're texting people,
0: I would imagine in any kind of communication, right? True. Well, one of the other key pieces to this is it learns as you use it more how you type and how you do your phraseology and all of that. And it not only learns, it can then sync for th- from your other devices. So say you have an Android device and an iPad, and you're using them both, it's going to learn by your connected syncing of your words and your uh, you know, your language skills, in other words.
1: It also sounds like the word Swift Key is it one of those ones where you can just kind of drag your, your finger all around instead of yes, picking it up?
0: That's the other key piece here is that if you're somebody who can type much faster by keeping your thumb or your finger down on the keyboard and just swiping all around it does that too very cool um, is this a paid app no this is a free app how, how do you how do you how do you get it it's just at swiftkey.com for
1: those of us that are kind of keyboard um, knobs or idiots or whatever you know how do you switch your keyboard out I mean is that intuitive do they tell you how to do that
0: yeah, it's pretty easy. So it's as easy as switching from the regular keyboard to your emoji keyboard where you type on iOS, you, type, you uh, press and type or tap the globe button. And it either, if you tap it, switches to the next keyboard, or if you press and hold it, huh. it gives you all your keyboards and you just select which one. I think it's similar uh, on Android.
1: Very cool. Where do we find that again?
0: You can find it at swiftkey.com.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. You heard me talk about social media marketing world. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it, aren't you? Well, guess what? There's a lot of options, and they're pretty dang economical. I know that if you're like me, you want to look at the agenda. You want to see who is speaking. You want to see what are the topics. I'm excited to let you know that all of that is now available online. You can go through literally every single topic, see what the subjects are, see who all the presenters are. We've got the most amazing lineup we've ever had. Go to socialmediaworld18.com to check it out. Again, socialmediaworld18.com. And now for today's interview with Jenna Kutcher.
0: To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest.
1: This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Jenna Kutcher. If you don't know who she is, she's the host of the Gold Digger podcast. She's formerly a professional wedding photographer. Thousands of people have taken her online course called theinstagramlab.com. Jenna, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Mike. I am seriously so excited to be here.
1: Well, today, Jenna and I are gonna explore how to create an authentic and engaging personal brand using photographs. Yes, we're gonna talk about something we're calling visual, personal branding. Before we get into that, Jenna, I would love for everybody to hear a little bit about your backstory. How did you get to ultimately doing the stuff that you're doing on Instagram? Start wherever you want to start.
2: Absolutely. I will do a long story short. I went to college thinking that I would become a CEO of a business. I wanted to have the corner office and the high heels and I loved studying business, but what I was studying was corporate business and being an entrepreneur was never on my radar. Um, After I graduated, I got my, quote, dream job as an executive at a Fortune 500 retailer and very quickly realized that I just wasn't inspired by the work I was doing. I was climbing a ladder that I didn't even really want to climb. And I found myself finishing my days just feeling really defeated and deflated and really uninspired. And so while I was working this job, I decided I should just start pursuing something creatively. I wanted to find something that just kind of inspired me again. And so I purchased a $300 camera on Craigslist. Now, I had no idea that that camera would become my one-way ticket out of corporate America, but it actually was. And so I started a vlog. I started sharing that I loved photography, even though I had no idea what I was doing. And within one year, I had booked 25 weddings and was able to retire from my corporate job and pursue full-time entrepreneurship. Now, fast forward, Six years, I photographed over 125 weddings. And I realized that there was something I was doing that was different than everyone else. A lot of my creative friends were really struggling to make ends meet. And they weren't really sure how to run a business. They loved the art, but they weren't quite sure how to market themselves. And so I realized that I had to be doing something very different in order to build this six-figure business in three years flat using a skill that I had no background in. And so I started to realize like I can teach what I'm doing because it is different. And what I'm so excited to talk about today is creating that brand that is recognizable from a mile away, that if somebody sees your image or reads a caption without your name attached to it, they're going to know that it's yours. And so I really laugh now because I am a CEO. It's just of my own seven figure business. And instead of wearing power suits, I wear yoga pants, but I truthfully could not be happier to be where I am today.
1: I know you were a wedding photographer and at some point you must've decided this is not what I want to do. Just like corporate America wasn't what you wanted to do. And instead you wanted to be able to kind of teach others. Like what was that moment where you decided you were going to do that? And then, and then how long did it take you to actually make that happen?
2: Well, I think like all good stories begin, it started over a margarita with a sweet friend who was one of the most talented photographers I knew, but who was telling me how she had to update her resume to get back out onto the job market because she couldn't make a living as a photographer. And it broke my heart because I couldn't figure out what was I doing that was so different that was enabling me to make six figures while other people were struggling. And so that was the turning point where I realized there is something unique about what I'm doing. And I know with my background that I could put it together in a package that would help other people figure out what sets them apart in a saturated industry.
1: Okay. So you decided you wanted to do that and then it was selling yourself challenging?
2: Uh, You know, I feel like I've always had a little grit and tenacity and confidence has not been a lack in my life. Um, My parents instilled some really good values in that, but I think entering into the world of online marketing is very intimidating. The tech stuff can really scare you. Um, So I started taking courses to kind of figure out and try to work backwards on how people were putting them together and what was the thought process and how were they marketing. And I started just really closely researching what was working for other people and then challenging myself to figure out what was that unique selling proposition that I had to offer. And so I love to kind of figure out what other people are doing and then put my own twist on it.
1: So let's fast forward to your Instagram account today. Kind of, um, what exactly are you posting on there? Just out of curiosity.
2: Yeah. So my Instagram following has um, over 150,000 followers and not just the number of followers, but the engagement of followers is something I'm so proud about. We have people that are just so excited to see what's coming next to engage. So my account is turning and transitioning and pivoting as my business continues to pivot. But what it looks like is a lot of things that can create connection. So there's a lot of pictures of me, a lot of pictures of our life. And then of course we're mixing in the facets of our business that are driving the income without always coming at a place of selling.
1: Perfect. So we're gonna to get to your strategy in just a minute, but um let's start by defining what the heck is a visual personal brand and and how do we create one because I think a lot of people listening right now can resonate with your story. Maybe they're in a job they don't like, or maybe they're they kind of like it, but there's something else they want to do. And And they're curious about the idea that somehow using photography, I can convey something that would attract an audience to me. So so what is this concept we're calling visual personal brand and what do we do to kind of make one?
2: Absolutely. So first things first, I want people to know you don't have to be a professional photographer to be able to stand out on social media. And I think it's really easy for people to look at my content and say, well, of course you're doing well. You are a professional photographer. But I actually don't attribute that to my success. I attribute the way that we're putting it together. And so I think of my Instagram feed as almost like a visual magazine or an editorial piece of. Who I am and what my brand is. And so when I lay it out, it is very curated, but that doesn't mean that it's not authentic. And so what I love to do is really look at that overall story and make sure that it's garnering the attention that it needs to gain a new following while piecing things together through the way that I'm sharing it, through captions, through Instagram stories, and how I'm putting it all together. And so a lot of times people complain about the curation of social media, and I think it's a beautiful thing. I think we go on to social media to escape or to find solutions or to be inspired. And so when I think of what a visual brand can really be, it would be like the billboards of your business. It would be the things of your life that you want other people to know about you that can ultimately create connection long before they ever need a product or service that you're selling. Hmm.
1: So... How do we get started with this? I mean, what do we need to be thinking about?
2: Absolutely. So a lot of times when people think about branding, they think about the visual components of it. So they think about colors and fonts and the logos. And I think a lot of times people stop with their branding there. They think, I've got those things nailed down. It's very clear who I'm communicating with. And they never really pursue the other side of the brand, which is how are you telling stories? How are you creating captions that convert your followers to clients? And so when you think about getting started, You want to take a look at what is in your camera roll. What are the things that you're excited about? What are the things that you're photographing? They don't have to be perfectly styled or perfectly curated, but it's going to give you an idea of what your brand is beyond just what you have to offer. And I think a lot of times it's so easy for us to hide behind our work because it's safe, it's less scary, and a lot of times we feel too boring to actually share who we are as a person. But I would bet that if you took some time to scroll through your camera roll on your phone, you would start to see the things that inspire you. And those are likely the things that are going to create connections with your ideal clients, even before they need what you have to sell.
1: Now, a lot of people listening right now are probably like, well, pretty much most of the stuff I have on my camera roll is like my spouse or my kids. Is that the kind Mm -hmm. of stuff I should be showing? Because a lot of people are like saying, how's that going to help my, my, my personal brand? What's your reaction to that?
2: Absolutely. Well, I think first, a lot of times we just feel too boring. I mean, I always say like, take it from a girl who built this brand in like a tiny town wearing yoga pants and working on the couch. And so what I think we have to let go of is sometimes that fear of letting people in. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to put your kids all over your feed or your marriage, whatever that looks like. But if you think about it, if I, as a wedding photographer, were only trying to appeal to engaged women in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, that pond is going to be very small of people that I could reach. And once they had a wedding photographer, they'd have no reason to follow me. But if I can create a brand that can appeal to women of all ages, whether they're engaged or not, then when somebody in their life gets engaged, they're going to say, I know the perfect person to send you to. And there's going to have those pieces of connection that would be lacking if I was only sharing my work. And so I love to teach in my courses, what I love to call the Kutcher five or the five method. And what that is is if I were to ask, say Mike, if I was to ask your wife, tell me five things about Mike that have nothing to do with the work that he does. They your wife might tell me about, you know, different athletic things you do. Star Maybe you love Wars. animals. Yeah, like Star Wars, um, you know, different things like that where all of a sudden I'm trying to find something to connect with you on if I don't necessarily understand what you do or how it could apply to my life. Hmm. And so what I found is sharing things like the dogs that we foster or the trips that we go on or how I love to style my home, while it might not directly correlate to the work that I am doing in terms of what I'm selling, I am creating these pieces of connection so that people... people feel like they know me as a person. And I truly believe that people buy from people. And I am a living, walking, breathing example of that.
1: How long have you had your Instagram account?
2: Um, I believe I started it back in 2012.
1: And how many followers do you have currently on the account?
2: Like 152,000.
1: And what kind of content are you putting on there? Pictures of you and what else?
2: Yeah, so we have kind of shifted, but when I was doing the five method, which worked really well for me while I got my bearings, is basically what I would do is post once a day, Monday through Friday, and I would cycle through these five categories. So for me, it looked like wedding photography, an inspirational quote, my marriage our travels, and our dogs. And I would basically rotate through those so that two categories were never back to back because I never wanted to be a one hit wonder. And I wanted to really strategically weave a story in my feed. And I think a lot of times we open the app and we're like, well, what do I even have to share? But when you follow the five method, you know, every single day, what you're going to be posting the next day. And that allows you to work ahead. And it allows you to really be intentional about the stories that you're telling and the way that you're putting it out there. And so one of my rules is that I never post in real time because the stuff I share these days is all about our lives. People we have found are so invested in who I am as a person that that is what gets their trust and that is what gets their buy-in. And so I have a rule that I'll never post in real time because I really want to be intentional about the messaging that I'm sharing. And I want to have space from that moment to ask myself, why did this really matter? Or how does this connect me to my ideal client?
1: I want to get to the never post in real time in a second, but first I want to back up to the, to the written part of the story. So you've got these five, you had these five themes like your dogs and, um, and so on and so forth. Um, what's the, what's the written story that you combine with the visual story and what advice do you have for others who want to do the same? Cause some of them are like, I don't know what to put in here. I just, <laughs>
2: right?
1: you know, what, what do we put in there?
2: So I think that one of the coolest things about social media is it gives anybody a platform. And I think that nowadays we are so consumed with growing our platforms that we forget to just show up for the people who are already there. And whenever I talk about social media, I say it's kind of like hosting a dinner party for 20 of your closest friends and they're sitting down waiting for you to serve them. And you're out running on the streets trying to garner more people's attention that might not even want what you have to offer. And so I say focus on the people that are showing up for you. And so with that, I think about the stories that I would tell to connect them to me. And so I, with the five categories, I love to think of five brand stories that are going to be woven throughout. So one of my stories is taking the $300 category. Craigslist camera and turning it into a seven-figure empire and sharing that windowless office and that misery that I was in and then the transformation. Um, we love to talk about. We have a really special needs dog and we talk about how he was kind of the throwaway culture dog and and we love him and he's really special to us and you know creating connection with animal lovers or creating connection with people who value marriage, which also connects me to my brides more and so it's taking. Taking These little bits and pieces out of your life, either currently or stories that you've had in the past and just telling them in a way where people start to recognize them. So it doesn't mean that you're just repeating the same things over and over again, but it means that you're being very specific in how you are speaking and owning that voice in that story so that it can become recognizable.
1: If you can pull up your Instagram account and read me one of those stories, I want people to kind of hear Um, how you do it? Because I think, you know, for example, if I think about your special needs dog, um, I could see how the first time you mention it, you know, that story most people have think has been told, but I would love to kind of know, like how you would tell one of these little stories and how you might take a twist on that story if you share a similar photograph like a week later.
2: Absolutely. So, Something that I'm really passionate about is um, sharing about what's really going on in our lives because I think it's really easy to talk about the good stuff and to do the humble brags, but I think it's more important for us to really share um, some of the hard stuff. So my husband and I have been through two miscarriages in the last year, and we decided to use my platform not just for marketing, but to put a message out there. So for example, um, there's a picture of my husband and I. And it says, Miscarriage sucks. Today we should be planning a one year old birthday party. We should have an extravagant theme and balloons and silly details that a one year old wouldn't even remember, but we aren't. This date hung on my calendar when no one else would remember it. It makes me think and remember and imagine. I know people look at us and think, it must be nice, must be nice to work from home or work together or travel the world. And it is nice, but it's never the full story. I still don't know what to say when people ask if we have kids. I still don't know why we had to walk this journey. I still find my hands resting on my belly, remembering the days that I carried our babies. But I have found a deeper peace and a new understanding. And then I said, if our story has made even the slightest impact, would you comment below? It would bring us so much joy to know that in sharing, we are making a difference.
1: Wow, that's cool. So you are basically kind of almost writing a little blog post, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I mean... I am not short-winded, and so sometimes people will look at my stuff and they're like, who actually reads that? But I believe that every post is not for everyone, yet every post serves a purpose. And so the next post is like a lighthearted, funny photo of us doing something else, and what I think is neat about that is there are going to be people on Instagram that simply look at the images, and then there are going to be people on Instagram that want to read every single word. And I think that if you're ignoring one of those audiences, you're ignoring a chance of engagement and a chance of converting your followers. And so for me, I love to partner an image with really intentional words to get gather and gain the attention of both camps.
1: So let's talk about the strategy here. Um... I know you said you never post in real time. So let's take the, the marriage side of it. Okay. So do you plan out, okay, if I'm going to do one marriage post a week, do you think to yourself, what are the little stories that I'm going to be having with each of these pictures? And then what are the pictures to go with them? Or do you take the pictures and then try to match the stories to them? I'd love to hear how that works.
2: Yeah, so I think for anyone, this can be um, something that can really help you. So, um, a lot of times we don't realize that our lives, like we have a vault of photos. And so, I think that a lot of times the pressure that's put on us for social media is because we feel like we have to immediately produce something. And what I've learned as a photographer is that, you know, I've taken hundreds of thousands of images throughout the years, and I have the ability and the control of my platform to choose how and when I am sharing things. And so when you can take the pressure off of having to produce content right in the nick of time and post about it immediately, it can kind of free you up to actually strategize and see a bigger picture. And so if you look back through family photos of you or photos you've taken on vacations or photos of the town you live in or of your pets or whatever you are passionate about, you likely already have images of that. And so what I like to Create is I have a little folder on my desktop and it just says Instagram library. And whenever I have pictures that I think, oh, this could really work or this makes sense or this is aligned with my brand, I just drop them right in there. And I love to be able to batch work. Batch working is one of my passions. I'm really an efficiency freak. And so I like to just lay things out once I have that folder and I have, you know, 30 images in there. I just lay them out for the next two, three weeks. And that gives me that. Time and space to ask myself. So I ask three questions. I say, Who is this post serving? Is it serving my ideal clients? Am I trying to impress my peers? Is it serving my ego? I think that's a serious question we have to ask on social media. And then I ask myself, Why does it matter? Like, what is the point of it? And if it's a photo of a vase of flowers, how can I make it matter with a story? And then lastly, is this post really serving anyone? Am I showing up in a way of service so that when the time comes to sell, I'm ready to sell? And so if you take a look at past photos... um, you can really start to just pull things out that are going to help really round your brand out in a way that when people see dogs, they think of me. I love macaroni and cheese. When people see mac and cheese, they think of me. I get probably 50 pictures of macaroni and cheese a day. And so it shows me that like I want to be remembered more than just for my work and I want little triggers set in other people's lives so that they're thinking about me beyond just what I do.
1: Very, very fascinating. So so one of the take-home messages I'm hearing from you is that, hey, we probably have more pictures than we realize. And if you think of a certain theme that you're going to be wanting to inject into your personal brand, you can go find some pictures to match that. But in those situations mm-hmm. where you don't have those pictures... Um, should we be out there taking pictures with the idea that I need some to go with these stories or should we just be taking pictures with the idea that I'll figure out a story to go with them later? What's your thoughts on that?
2: I think you could go either way. Um, what I love is just to challenge people. Um, so what would it look like if you wanted to share more about where you live? If you just took your camera out with you for a weekend or your phone and just really were intentional about sharing some of your favorite things, just creating that human side of your brand. And I think so often we put so much pressure on ourselves to show up in this perfect way, but really I think the messaging comes back. So one thing we do that's really helpful and I think it'd be helpful for any entrepreneur is we do one photo session a year. Me and my husband, we do one shoot a year. We usually have our dogs with us and we use those photos for the entire year. Wow! And so we are just leaking them throughout the year so that people are recognizing he is a really key role in my life and my business and I want to share that and celebrate but you don't have to hire a photographer every single week. You could have one photo section and get 30 pictures and sprinkle those throughout your blog, throughout your email marketing, throughout your Facebook ads, throughout your Instagram to create and craft this. And I think a lot of times we're like, well, I, I hate being in pictures. I get it, but how many times have you followed somebody and you scroll and scroll and scroll to figure out whose voice am I listening to or who am I actually following and they don't have anything beyond that bio photo? It's really hard to create connection with somebody like that because you can look at their work and you might admire it, but there's no human contact behind that.
1: I think that you just blew people's minds when you said we do one photo (laughs) shoot a year. So my my guess is you're going to, spend a day with a photographer, bring a change of clothes, go to multiple locations and just bang out a bunch of pictures? Is that what I'm hearing you say?
2: So what I found is that my husband will kill me if I want to do multiple photo shoots. I mean, what guy really likes to pose for a ton of pictures? And so what we found is that we'll just do one shoot. We'll usually do it at our house so that it's just really true to who we are as people. Um, we've done some fun ones. We did it at a camp by us. Um, but the thing is, is that you don't have to have Hundreds and hundreds of pictures of content to tell a story. And I think that a lot of times we just feel so overwhelmed by that that we don't even take action. And I think how amazing, too, to just say that you value your relationship or your family or yourself enough to get in front of a camera and to show up for the world like that. And something tells me that someday you are going to value those photos for years to come and potentially your children or grandchildren will really be grateful that you did that as well.
1: Okay, so I know a lot of people are like jazzed on the idea that they could potentially do a photo shoot and think strategically for a year and get, you know, whatever their theme is, a bunch of dog shots or a bunch of family shots or you name it, whatever they choose to do for their personal branding. The idea that they can gather all those kind of shots in bulk and if it, if it's not a year, maybe it's once a month. Um let's talk about some tips. For actually taking good photographs, because like this is an area where you can, you can help people out. Uh, a lot of people are using their smartphones. Maybe they've got a friend who's a photographer, but let's just assume they're doing it themselves. What tips would you give for from a photography perspective?
2: So the first tip is hilarious, but it's so necessary to mention. Make sure before you take pictures on your phone that you're wiping off your lens on your shirt because, guys, we are greasy human beings. I don't know what we get into, but a lot of times when people hand me their phone to take a picture, I have to clean off their camera because it's so gummed up that it's never going to be clear. So that's the first one. Good tip. yeah. And it, it literally changes everything. So just quick do that. Even if you're taking a selfie, just wipe it off real fast. Um, the other thing that I think is really cool is if you want to share some of your work, what I love to do since I love batch working is if you can buy a $5 poster board or foam board from a local craft store, or even target, you can have a white canvas for images. So if you have any products that you'd love to show off, sometimes shooting it on that stark white can really speak to your value and show your photo in a way that it wouldn't really translate as well if you're shooting on something else. And so we have tons of poster board at our home so that we can take images of products that we have. And the other thing is when you're doing this, you can batch it. So if you have multiple products, the best way to really curate a feed that is visual is to shoot all of your products in the same lighting in the same kind of setting so that when you go if you go to edit them or tweak them or enhance them at all they all have that same color and vibe and that really helps to just create and tie together that visual aspect and then one thing I'm crazy about as a photographer is just good lighting and so you want to make sure that if you are doing Facebook Live or Instagram Live or any type of selfie, you want to face the light. And a lot of times I'll see that people are shooting with the windows at their back. But if you turn and let that light hit your face, you're going to feel better. You're going to look better. Um, and it really can just up the quality of what you are sharing. Why Now, um, why is so. that?
1: Why is that when we look into the light, it makes us look Sometimes younger and all that craziness. What's the deal? I
2: mean, I'm looking into the light right now, and this isn't even a video podcast. So um, it is just because nothing can beat natural light. So, as a wedding photographer in Wisconsin, I always just prayed for good weather so that we could be outside. But there is something so beautiful about the light that a window can cast because it is slightly filtered with the glass and it's not as harsh as the direct sunlight. And so, whenever I see people that are so close to a great image, but the lighting is behind them, it can kind of blow out the image or make it too bright in the background so that it's distracting.
1: Plus, I think there's something to, I don't know if you've ever been to a hotel room where they got the light that goes all the way around the mirror and you look in the mirror and you're like, dang, I look good. (laughs) And then of course, you see a picture of you and you're like, wait a minute, that's not what it looked like in the mirror, right? I think there's something to that light coming from all, all around you when you, it is right? I mean, there's something to that. It like fills in the shadows in your eyes and stuff, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. And I have um, what I call a happy light. So in Wisconsin, it gets dark so early and I sometimes feel like I have a seasonal funk. And so I have one of those vitamin D lights that really emits really bright, white, clear light. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also can work really well when you're shooting photos or if you're doing, say, a webinar at night.
1: What about for those of us that are um, on the move with some of these pictures, like maybe we're outside or at an event or anything? Do you have any tips on how to best capture action, if you will?
2: Absolutely. So something about Instagram that a lot of people don't understand the visual side is that Instagram is very linear. And so when you think about the ways that the tiles are set up, everything is very linear. And so when you are, say, taking a picture of a building or taking a picture of a sign or something like that, I always look and you can have the little guide up on your phone to make sure that your lines are straight. Um, There's also tools inside of Instagram if you go to edit. The image to make the line straight, but a lot of times amateurs they'll have really wonky lines. And when you look at the overall grid and the aesthetic of the grid, those lines can really pull your eyes to pieces of that grid that might not be exemplary of your brand. Okay, so, wait, hold on a
1: second. For those of us that don't know what you mean by lines, yeah, um, so are it, you talking about like with your even with my iPhone camera? I have this little option to turn a grid on. Is that what you're talking about?
2: Yes. Yes. And
1: then what am I lining up with that grid just so I understand?
2: Yeah. So if you're taking a picture of a building, a lot of times we'll just kind of hold our phone right in front of us and the building might be scaling really high upward or really down low and our perspective isn't straight on. And so whenever I look at my feed, I want to make sure that if there are any prominent lines that could threaten to drag somebody's eye with it, that they're straight. And so you're Uh, going to have lines in every single image. And so I love to really just look at vertical or horizontal.
1: Is that what you mean by straight or or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And
2: if just if anything linear in it is like a straight line, it's not tilting one way so that you uh, want to hold your phone kind of crooked to see what they're, what they're it. shooting. But so that's like, like, that's like
1: your horizon line or whatever, right? Yes, you, you want,
2: absolutely you want
1: the horizon line to be legit. And like, sometimes we don't think through these things. Is it okay to violate that every once in a while? If you've got people in there and you're trying to tilt it a little bit to get everybody in the picture?
2: I mean, I'll let it slide a few times, but I think you can really see if your eyes are being pulled to a certain spot that maybe there's something distracting in there.
1: Hmm. What about when you're taking pictures of people? Any wisdom on that front?
2: So I would just say that people want to feel encouraged. And a lot of times we're naturally uncomfortable in front of the camera. And I think that it's something that is within us. And so encourage people. And what I love as a photographer is the ability to make people feel good. And so you never want to make people feel uncomfortable when you're taking their picture. You want to encourage them. And I will say the funniest things. I'll be like, oh my gosh, you look like Beyonce. And then somebody will laugh. And that's the most natural can shot and so you have to acknowledge that being in front of a camera can feel really awkward and when you give people the permission to feel good when you're taking their picture they're gonna like the picture a lot more and they're gonna look a lot more relaxed in it
1: I always seem to see professional photographers going click Click, 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 click. taking a million shots, you know, and the, and the ones that are not professionals just take one shot. So like, what's the wisdom there? Like, should we take more than one shot?
2: <laughs> yes. And the sound effects have to happen when you do it too, because that was amazing. Um, what I, what I love to do is when I'm taking a photo for Instagram, a lot of times I'll take maybe up to 10 of the same shot. And I know it sounds like crazy and overwhelming, but then I take a step away. And and why I do that is I'm really, really set on being present in my life. And what I see is when people are posting in real time, they're shooting one image, they're pulling it right into the app, and they're posting a caption that doesn't really do anything for them. They're maybe throwing up a hashtag or two, and it's this half-hazard attempt. And so what I love to do is take a few pictures, take maybe five, 10, put my phone away and just be present in the moment. And then when I am alone and not with anyone else and I can really focus, that's when I'm going to pull them up and see which one is the best. And I think that there's something so beautiful about being in the presence of people and there's nothing that kills me more than watching people try to stand on a chair in a cafe and get the perfect Instagram shot and then spend 20 minutes looking at their phone, trying to post it while they're with somebody yeah, it's else. It's like
1: a rabbit trail too, right? Because you get it sucked is. into all the other stuff going on on there and you lose yes. pre- your presence. Are you using the camera app that's native on the phone or are you using Instagram to take these pictures or using, I mean, which would you recommend for those that are using their phone, not a professional camera?
2: Yeah. So I just use the regular camera app. I never actually shoot inside of Instagram because then you can import anything in afterwards. And so I think that what's so great is just using the camera app. You can take multiple shots and then you can kind of look at them in the camera um, grid and just kind of see like, which ones are you most drawn to what lighting looks best. And then from there you can start to plan things out. And I love to use an app called plan. It's P L A N N. And it is It is a paid app, but what is really neat about it, and I'm not like sponsored by them or anything, um, but what is really neat about it is you can import in maybe 30 photos and you can scoot them around to see what it's going to look like overall on your grid and you can schedule in your or you can type in your captions and schedule a time for post and it'll send you a push notification saying it's time to post and I think that that really helps give us space off of the app so that we're not just staring at that cursor so that when we get that reminder we already know what we're posting we already have our hashtags ready we already have the caption good to go and it just copies it right over to the app for you
1: do you ever recommend um, rotating and or cropping using the phone? Because I know you can do that. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts absolutely. on
2: that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you can do so much inside of your phone. There are a few photo editing apps that I really enjoy on the phone. Um, One is called Afterlight and it is very easy to use and it can just help you do some of those smaller tweaks like brighten and sharpen and some of those things that can really provide an aesthetic for you. They also have filters you can add very similar to Instagram but what I tell people is if you're going to pick a sort of filter, stay consistent with it because then that's going to help tell your brand story even better than if you're just kind of haphazardly throwing filters on things of what looks good at the moment. And so I tell modern day people that aren't photographers really figure out and own it like you are a photographer or an editor and really create a system for you that can really relinquish the confusion.
1: So last question. Do you recommend then generally to avoid the Instagram native filters?
2: So, I personally do not use them, but I created a rule for myself a couple years ago that I would never post in real time and that I would always edit on my computer because I'm a photographer and people expect that out of me. I expect that out of myself. So you're photoshopping
1: Um, basically the pictures and touching them up and all that fun stuff.
2: Yes. Yeah. And I don't retouch anything, um, but I do, you know, just have the editing process that I do. Um, And that's for me because if somebody could pull out a photo of my dogs, I would want it to be just as beautiful as a photo on a wedding day. I want that expectation to be set that like if Jenna can make her dogs look this good, like she's going to make me look really awesome. Um, but I think you can do everything on your phone. And I think that you just have to start experimenting and stop looking at people that have these perfect feeds and ranking yourself to them. I think focusing on showing up for the people that are there for you right now and starting to craft and figure out what that story is so that you are creating that connection with every post and having that intentionality can really just free up your mind to look at the overarching strategy and how you are moving your brand forward.
1: Jenna, you are a rock star. Why don't you tell everybody, and let me just spell her last name, it's K-U-T-C-H-E-R, Jenna Kucher. Or could, wait, say it again. Kutcher. Jenna Kutcher. Did. Jenna Kutcher. I, I knew I was going to get it wrong. Tell everybody where they can discover more about you and your your podcast, your course, and whatever else you want to share.
2: Absolutely. So you can find more of my bridge bridge, um, more of my branding visual on my website, which we call the mothership. So it is jennakutcher.com, spelt just like Ashton Kutcher. Um, and you'll find links to everything from the condo we have in Hawaii to my courses, to my photography and podcast. Um, and if you want to learn more about how I use Instagram, I do have a page with a lot of tips and tricks and a webinar at jkinsta.com.
1: Awesome. Jenna, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your amazing insight.
2: Mike, we were so excited to hear from you. And honestly, I'm just so thrilled to be with you.
1: Wow. Well, I hope you got as much out of that interview as I did. If there's anything that you missed, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 279. That stands for episode 279. Wow. 280 is just around the corner. Hit that subscribe button on the podcast player so you don't ever miss a future episode and get your ticket to Social Media Marketing World 2018. You know you wanna go. It's an investment. Make the investment. Simply visit socialmediaworld18.com. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week, I promise. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your
0: world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.